Welcome to Elevate. I'm so happy you're here with me today and I cannot wait to share this episode with you. As an evidence-based coach, mentor, and entrepreneur, I'm obsessed with learning and personal development as it's transformed my entire life, as well as those I get to work with. And to be quite frank, it's literally the entire reason this podcast exists, to feel your growth, gain perspective, and acquire knowledge. So buckle up, friends. You're in for a treat. And as always, thank you for supporting me and the show so we can continue to elevate our own lives as well as those you share this with. Now, let's get into it. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Elevate. And today, I have the one and only Aram. Uh, He hosts an event he hosts an event called the Real Coaches Summit, and today we're going to dive into his perspective, what he's seen going on in the industry, and much, much more. So we will let him in. Let's get to it. You holding out on me? What's going on? How are you? Good. How are you? You trying to keep me waiting over there? I was. I was definitely making you wait. You know, you got to make people earn your attention sometimes. Just got to keep the anticipation building. Keep that red velvet rope up and make it feel special for me. <laughs> How you been? Good, good. A little bit less stressed this year than last year. Well, that's good. Why are you less stressed? Uh, I don't know, because I have experience now with the event, so I'm not like freaking out about every little thing that was happening. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear all about this year's plans, how it's different from last year. I know I'll be there. I hope everybody that's listening to this podcast is going to be there. So tell everybody who's listening a little bit about A, your event, why you started this event, what is the purpose of the event, and how are you taking last year and changing things for this year? So I started this event because I've been to, or I go to probably three to five events a year personally. And, um, you know, I go for a, a multitude of purposes. Number one, I want to connect with other people in my field because I find that you can always find and learn something from somebody. A lot of times, you know, if you're connected with people on Instagram, the conversations are very surface level. So you don't really get deep. You're kind of just like messaging one another back and forth, but you're never actually having a real conversation that gets into the weeds on either business or systems or what they think about nutrition or what they think about fitness. So by being in these rooms, you get to do that with people. You get to do it with people from all walks of life who have had maybe more experience than you, maybe less experience than you, maybe different experience than you. So it's not just about the people on the stage that I go for. I go to connect with the individuals because I don't really have a lot of like fitness friends, quote unquote, like all my friends in San Diego are like drinking buddies and that's not the world that I like to live in. So when I get to go to these events, I get to let loose and have fun, but I also get to do it around a like-minded set of people that are very similar to the way that I live my life with those same higher standards for keeping yourself healthy and, you know, mindfulness about their own nutrition. So it's just, it's, it's a bit of more of a cohesive environment for me. So that's one reason. The other reason, obviously I go is to acquire education that I either don't have or need, or even just to validate things that I may already know, just to be like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm smarter than I thought I was. And this is going to give me some confidence and, you know, maybe knock down some of that imposter syndrome a little bit. And lastly, it, it gets me out of my my house, my element, and it puts me on a plane and it puts me into a place that might be strange and new to me. So it's just an opportunity to travel somewhere. And um, what I've noticed over the years of going to events, I've probably started in like 2018. There's always something to be desired. Either the speakers aren't very practical and they're just kind of like talking at you. You know, like and I think you can, you can attest to this being at events yourself where like, there's a lot of fluff a lot of times because people are like trying to like be very, I don't know, showy on stage versus being like, <laughs> this is what your problem is. This is how I have solutions for it. I'm just going to present to you solutions to your problems and then I'm going to fuck off. Because like, I don't, I don't like care about your origin story. Like don't spend 45 minutes telling me about like why you became a coach and how you're passionate about it. Nobody gives a fuck. Like just tell me how to fix my problem if I have one. And then I'll talk to you at dinner about your origin story. So I've told, and this is kind of a conversation I had with you guys. You were a speaker last year. Like your presentation was super practical, but it was soft skill stuff. Like it wasn't like hard skill. This is how you calculate macros or how to do sets and reps. Your presentation was very emotionally driven, but it was also super practical. And people can leave that room being like, oh, Kate taught me something today that I didn't know how to apply to my business or my clients. I feel more confident leaving that room versus I just got spoken to for 45 minutes and nothing changed. Yeah. Um, so instead of like firing people up and like doing like the whole rah, 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 you're going to be an amazing coach. And then by Tuesday, life hits you in the face and you're back to square one. 
um, you know, I, I pick speakers strategically and I tell them like, I don't want bullshit. I want real practical, tactical advice. And then the other part is just like the lack of amenities. A lot of these events, you go and you pay for a ticket and then the hotel rooms are three to 500 bucks a night. There's not a lot of opportunity to mingle. There's no happy hours and unless and dinners. And if they are, you have to pay for a VIP ticket. So there's always like this kind of need to upsell people and make more money as opposed to just like, if you're already at the event, you're already a VIP. And that's what my event was about, was about giving people the amenities that they were missing so that at six o'clock at night when the event's over, you're not standing around with like the two people you came with trying to figure out where to go to dinner. Well, dinner's set up for you. Lunch is set up for you. Breakfast is there. Happy hours are there. Just go and change, go upstairs to your room, change, come back down and ready to rock and roll. So I just, I wanted to make things easy, relatively as affordable as possible. Obviously I have a budget I have to hit and stuff like that, but you know, um, just taking all the stuff that I don't like about other people's events and just basically making it the best party in the, in the, in the industry. And that's really what I want it to be. I don't want it to be like the stuffy, like, oh, we can't let, let, let loose because we're healthy fitness people. Like, no, fuck that. Like, let's let your hair down a little bit. Enjoy yourself and, and leave with some value. No, I love that. And I like the fact that you set this up as something that you needed. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I want to be the person that's running this huge event and gets this whole audience. And it's like about you. Like, you're very focused on providing people value and like learning on your own versus like one thing I see a lot and it's it really hits what you mentioned earlier is like people create to talk about themselves versus creating to talk to people who need solutions to their problems and I really liked that because I was curious on like obviously there was a plethora of amazing speakers last year but you said you handpick people that you want to speak so tell me a little bit about and for people who are considering going or learning about what you're putting together how do you go about selecting speakers for your event so I follow people for a while before I deem them to be credible or useful to me. Um, and after like, I don't know, let's call it a three or four month vetting process of just seeing their content, I either continue to follow them and support them or I'm like, you're not for me and I unfollow and I move on. So for me, the way that I pick people is I, I want to make sure that they're not super sales heavy, right? So like most of the speakers, yeah, guess they all have their own services and products that they want to push and whatever else. And that's part of the game of being in business in this industry. But that's not their number one concern. Like they're giving out free, valuable information on a daily basis, non-fucking-stop. Like everybody that I chose is doing that every day. So it's not that they're not selling anything ever. It's just that that's not their priority. Maybe they'll pitch something once a week or once every two weeks, but the primary reason for them being on Instagram and being on social media is to provide people with solutions to problems. Um, I also tell people, like, I can't afford to pay you. And nor do I think you you should be getting paid for something like this because this is essentially a free opportunity for you to gain no, more notoriety, more credibility, be in front of an audience of people that respect you and listen to you. And also, if you do have curriculums or courses or whatever else, educational materials, you can sell them there as well because people need that stuff. And I think if, if you're on that stage and you've been picked because I picked you, then I trust that the material that you have is valuable to people. Um. So it's, it's hard because I've been to a lot of other events where there's a lot of like keynote type people, quote unquote, I don't really understand how the whole keynote thing is, but like, yeah, you know, the biggest celebrity like Jordan's well, like, like, you know, example, like last year, Jordan saw it, um, the last to speak in the same time slot as Jade Tita, who was one of my mentors, like the guys maybe doesn't have Jordan's status, but in my, in my eyes, probably, you know, the guy's a fucking doctor, like like he's been around the block. He's probably got 20 more years experience than Jordan does. But this is, this speaks to the humility of people that have been in this industry for a while. Like when, when Jade saw that he was paired up with Jordan at the same, same time slot, he knew that Jordan was going to get the lion's share of people wanting to see him speak. So Jade, Jade was like, I'm going to go upstairs and get a cocktail. I'm going to come back down. I'm just going to sit in the back of the room because I know nobody's going to be in my room anyway. So he just sat there and was involved. And that's the type of energy that I want. Like I want people to like let go of the, their need to be in the limelight or to be on stage. Like this is not about you. This is about the folks who bought tickets, who flew away from their families, away from their businesses and dedicated their time and their money to being there. So everything that's being delivered on that stage or in that room needs to be curated for the audience. And the speakers have to be in alignment with that. Like if this is about your personal gain, I don't fucking want you there and I don't need you there. Yeah, no. And I really appreciated that. Like the, the rooms that I went into to listen to their 
their talks. I wouldn't call them speeches and I wouldn't call them lectures. I'll call them talks. Yeah. I I really liked the way that everybody presented. I don't know that anybody actually pitched from the stage, which I, as somebody in the audience, like really respected of like, they're literally just pouring in value. And for people that have maybe been to events that haven't gone to a ROMS event, one thing that I can say is the variety of topics that are covered at his event is absolutely wild. I don't think I've seen anybody put together one event that is so de- like deep in the content that's presented there. Or like I would Gilbert say, Sw- I would say amazing. Swiss. Like Swiss is probably one of the other events that I've been to where it's like almost an overload of topics. I don't know yeah, if you've I ever been, been to the Swiss, so, Swiss event. No, no, it's it's crazy. It's four four rooms, fifty uh, something speakers, a plethora. Like every like one room is nutrition, one room is training, one room is supplements. One room is business. And I like that format. And I got that format from Perform Better, even though Perform Better invites the same fucking people every year and they talk about the same shit every year. I want to make this like, like maybe at some point we do a greatest hits and I ask all my audiences collectively, who did you like the most? We're going to bring them back as opposed to like, let's bring on the same people every year and they're going to tweak their talks just a little bit differently, but it's still going to be the same theme. And that's what I don't want. Yeah. And I actually like so many people reached out and they're like, are you going to be speaking at his event? And I was like, I think Aram's focus is to bring new faces and bring new ideas to the table and have each of us learn from one another, support one another so that we can grow an industry that's not so, I would say right now I feel, and I think it's actually improving, but I would say historically, I feel like the industry has been like everybody attacks somebody and there's like different dogmatic thought processes across the board where we're all arguing against one another and nobody's getting value because the audience is now just fucking confused. Whereas <laughs> like you just continue to build something that I like being a part of. I was, ex- I'm excited to just go because I know whoever you've selected is on the same page that we are focused on providing better solutions for people versus trying to raise our own name or status or brand like shitting on other people. So I thought that was really unique. I like that you've added new speakers and you continue to look out into even up and coming coaches, which I think you cater to really well, as far as like, they have something really unique to say, they have a new position, they have a new perspective. I want to learn more about that. And I just, I appreciate that as the overall, like it's not the same speakers all the time because we do see certain speakers that just monopolize different things and they're everywhere all at once talking about the same shit. And you have a nice variety Again, different topics, different perspectives, different specialties and expertise, which I like. There's no like broad topic where somebody dances around nutrition, training, psychology, you know, all that stuff. You've got really disciplined specialists, I would say, that go to your events and speak, which I really appreciate. So now my question is, what's going to be different? Because I obviously was there, but I was there as a speaker last year. So what is going to be different this year? What are you changing after you said this year is not as stressful as last year? So what did you learn about it? And what are you changing, if anything at all? So I thought the three room format was a little bit too convoluted and didn't give people enough time to speak. So like last year, your time slots, I think were 45 minutes because it was three presenters at the same time slot. So this year I'm cutting it down to two people at a time and only two rooms. And if you remember last year, the the two big rooms were right next to each other. So popping in and out of those are easy. Um, And I've made the speaking slot 60 minutes now. So it's going to be more like 45, 50 minutes of information with maybe like 10 to 15 minutes of Q&A. And then I also added uh, a dinner component because last year I did not do dinner. I just did breakfast and lunch and happy hour. But this year I realized that people were like running around trying to get dinner somewhere else. Obviously the hotel's got five or six different restaurants, but in order to keep that cohesive environment and just to keep that camaraderie going, I'm like, you know what, let's just do dinner. And then right after dinner is happy hour. And then I also added um, actually two local girls from Austin, Texas are going to be doing comedy. And then there's another woman who's going to be doing another 30 minutes or so of comedy every night. So it's about an hour of entertainment prior to being able to just kind of stand around and, and talk. But so at the addition of dinner, the comedians, so the nightly entertainment, and then the the elongated talking slots with uh, with one less room, I thought was going to make things a little bit more efficient. Yeah, I definitely ran over my time last year. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what everybody told me. They're like, that was not enough time. And, and I realized that. I'm like, shit, how do I fit 24 people into a two-day event? Like, you just, it's not, unless you have multiple rooms, but then... The, I, I was still like, I also have to like respect the fact that I'm a rinky dink event compared to like what this hotel is capable of. Like 
this week they're doing an event of 1500 people. So like me with my, like last year was 155. This year, the goal is 250 people. Like that's nothing for that hotel. So they're not going to give me the premier spots and the premier spaces. They're going to give me like all the dog shit that's left over, which is still nice. I mean, shit, you were there. Like it was a pretty high class experience. But I, for me, it's like, well, if the bar is already here, like I have to keep trying to figure out ways to like raise it just a little bit. So every year is going to be interesting to see what I can do if I can obviously survive. And, you know, last year I lost a lot of money. Hopefully this year I get either close to breaking even or maybe slightly get into the black. We'll see. I don't know. Um, yeah. Knock, knock on wood. I have one more payment left to pay and then I should be square. We'll see. But you never know. Hidden and that's the hardest thing. There. I think people don't understand, like if you're listening to this, how expensive events are. Like we have an event coming up. It will be September 7th. It'll be here in McKinney. It's small. Like it's not anywhere near the size of a ROMS event, but we spend at least 10K for every event that we run. Like already overhead estimated costs, like that's where it is. And so like just to break even on that, we have to make 10K. That doesn't add in like VIP packages, dinners, like just for the space and the time and the presentations and the videographer, like you're already getting all of that stuff in the weeds with the overhead of one event. So I think what I wish people would understand is like, we don't do these things selfishly or for profit. Like we, we don't make money. You and, I, you and I don't. You and I don't. Other people do. Yeah, well, I, I should say, yeah. People that I'm friends with, like Aram, we don't we do this for you. Um, we don't do it so that we can make money off of you. I can tell you every event I've ever run, I've lost money in. Now the margin gets better over time, but I will say like they're just really, they're stressful. You're obviously focusing on not just the education that you're providing for the people, but you're focused on the experience of being there with you, which means like the dinners, the uh, uh, comedies, the entertainment, the music, the drinks, the all of that stuff. Um, and so I think even relative to like what you what your tickets are priced at, because I know people will say, oh, my God, that's so expensive. It's like if you look at how much it would cost per person, like if you were to look on the back end of the expenses overall and divide it by the number of seats that you're trying to fill, it's still in the red. Like, I don't know I mean, how else to explain that to people, but like, well, just, I know. Yeah, go ahead. Just, just so people have an idea. So staging lights, chairs, that stuff, just like the, the room set up itself, right? Like just yep. ignore all the food, all the, ignore that just there to be a stage a velvet thing on the back of the stage, steps onto the stage, the podium, and then the screen. $23,000. Yeah. All right? Yeah, so that's just for two rooms, $23,000. Then audio video. So the guy that's actually miking people up, taking all the video, all the audio, doing all the stuff that, that then produces the recordings after, $22,000. T-shirts. Bags that you hand out at the end of the event, the, the, the swag items that I do, $10,000. So that's already putting us at what, over 50? Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. And then yep. that hasn't even touched food and beverage. So food and beverage minimum that I had to spend this year to fulfill my quota for them was $80,000. <laughs> so when people look at a price, like my, my pre-sale was five forty eight, which if you think about like what you're like to eat and drink in Vegas for two and a half days would probably cost you five to $700 anyway. Yep. Like let's be, let's just be honest. Like you go out to dinner, hundred bucks. You have one or two drinks with that dinner, 150 bucks. I can and tell you it's more that. than that. Actually, I went oh, out in you, yeah. Vegas for my birthday. Okay. <laughs> like one drink was like $48, one cocktail. That doesn't Depending include on where like you we, go. Got, sure. we got steak. Right. And so that steak was like 125 bucks. Like, you know, yeah. again, it was my birthday. So we were going to splurge a little bit, but of course, like it's, I just want people to know, like, I know that we think everything should be cheap, but when I tell you that myself and Aram, and I know Aram does this, I can't speak for other people that host events, but they care about, yes, we need to make money back. Cause him spending over a hundred thousand dollars on an event is really, really obviously just a loss. You can't take like, that's a kind, but certainly not realistic. But also, like, even for the price that you're paying, you're getting so many speakers, so much knowledge. And yes, that's part of it. But the reason that you go to in-person events is the people that you will connect with. Like, the in-person experience is significantly better 
than watching the videos back or doing the replay or purchasing that. Now, some of you guys will automatically do that and that's totally fine. That's your thing. But you're missing out on the best part of any event that happens ever. Like I know people are starting to do more online events, which I don't mind, but I just feel like there's not that connection piece there. When you're in person with people and they cry in front of you, like it's absolutely fucking bonkers. It's the best thing when people like run up to you as the speaker there and like people, I couldn't even get out of my speaking room because my line was like full of people that just wanted to talk based on my presentation. Yeah. And that's fucking cool. But not even that, just the other speakers, the other educators. I thought Andrew Coates was amazing. Um, like there are just so many people that have a wealth of knowledge and Aram really puts in the time to make sure that you are getting the absolute best experience. So yes, I'm biased. Um, but at the same time, like <laughs> I have to acknowledge that, right? But at the same time, I can tell you, I've been to a ton of events. I've been to a lot of them. I have not been to one where I felt one, just like everybody there's kind. I didn't feel like anybody, there was like clicky stuff or groupy stuff. Like it felt very open. Everybody was fun. Everybody was interactive. Um, Aram, the fact that you run the event and you don't speak, that blows my mind. Like I just have to, I have to give you kudos for that. Like you literally, you get on the stage, you give like a two minute opener of like, hi, I'm Aram. These are all great fucking people. Pay attention, get a notebook and I'll see you guys at the end. And you're just like done. Right. And then you're in the audience taking notes and learning, which I just think says so much about you as a person. So if somebody's considering your event, tell me about the speakers that you have coming this year and what, what topics they're bringing. Some of your favorite topics, obviously you have a laundry list of them, but tell me some of the speakers that you're excited about, some of the topics that you're excited to learn about um, in, in a little bit more detail on that. So I'm a nerd. So I'm going to really love Austin Curran's presentation on programming. Uh, so I'm, we're actually going to get some cool perspective this year because Austin Curran is very much like hypertrophy programming training. So kind of like body recomp, that type of style of training. He's going to be talking about how to optimize that type of programming for clients and obviously for yourself. Jason Brown is like on the other end of the spectrum. So he's like a former CrossFit guy. But now he's doing like more conjugate stuff. He's got this like 61225 rep method that he that he teaches to his students, integrating functional. I don't even know what that means anymore, but like functional movement with bodybuilding and with powerlifting. So there's going to be that part of it that I want to learn about. Uh, Jamie Filer is going to be talking about uh, emotional eating strategies with clients, which I think is awesome because every one of our clients has that issue constantly. Uh, Esther Bloom is going to be talking about how to deal with women in menopause, which I think is a massively underserved population that we need to learn about a lot as coaches, especially because that's probably one of the biggest buyers of fitness and nutrition information, period. Um, <clears throat> Sean Pastuch, who I know you know and love, is going to be talking about how to create your, your brand and your image and to make it cohesive with who you are as a person and to not be salesy but, but to be effective and actually getting your point across to your audience and be able to sell whatever you're selling uh let's see we all know i mean i i have no idea what the fuck she's going to talk about i know the ti the title of her topic but i can't wait to see beth Farako on stage um because she's kind of like the female version of me where she's like she's on the no plan plan and somehow it just works for her. And, it, and it's the same way that I do business. Like it's authenticity. It's being loud. It's being in your face. And if you don't like her, you don't have to be in that room. And I think that's what I like about her so much. But there's just, everybody's got a little something different. Some people are under, like Austin Curran's probably one of the quietest people on the planet. Like I, I can't imagine there being like any pageantry on stage. And then like, I want to almost put him next to Beth at the same time slot, just because there's going to be like screaming in one room. And then like, crickets in the other room because people are going to be sitting there like taking notes. Um, and, that, and that's actually the hard part of like running an event with multiple stages. It's like there's a dividing wall and you can, you can hear some, like this week, this year is going to be different because the stage is going to be backed up against that dividing wall with the speakers going out. So hopefully there's no, none of that sound bleed over, but like, I, that was one of the issues I saw last year was like when you're sitting in the smaller room, you can hear the people in the side room and that's what I'm trying to prevent. But like, how do you match up who with who? Like, how do you know, like, do I put Esther with Casey? Do I put Casey with Austin? Do I put Sean with Jason? Like how I, you, like you don't even know how to like create the schedule. And I just, everybody's like, who's speaking what? I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm six weeks out. It's not a concern of mine right now. I still have to pay my bills. Um, 
you know, just like just having to send out like like something like as, as innocuous as like getting people's shirt sizes and getting people's shoe sizes and yeah, trying to get them your to email submit like four or five times. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I submitted that. You you did, but like so many people haven't, and I'm like, if you don't get what you want when you're there, then I'm sorry, like you didn't submit your request. Like I've given, and mm-hmm. and now like people are coming at me. They're like, oh, the hotels were sold out. I'm like, you've had since June to buy a ticket and to book a hotel. Like, what did you think was going to happen? So that's that's one thing thing I do see that is really frustrating. If you've run events, people don't buy all the things until the very last minute. It's like you can market it and you can share it and you can tell people about it. And they're like, I'll keep it on my radar. I'll keep it on my radar. And then it's like two weeks away. And they're like, okay, now I'll book my flight and hotel. It's like, (laughs) it's full. What do you want me to do about that? I I can't fix that problem for you. I know. And it's, it's so frustrating because like, you know, because even now with like today's going to be the last day, January 31st. I don't know where you'll enter this, but like January 31st will be the last day for the coupon codes to be active to save you 200 bucks. So it drops the price from 998 to 798 and even at a thousand bucks between 14 hours of education, between all your food and drinks, between the cheap rates at the hotel, between the ease of getting to Vegas and between the entertainment at night. Like, I don't know how much cheaper I can make it. Like, I really It's don't. literally like, an all inclusive experience right like just think right. about like I, I don't even know how much you pay to go on a cruise because i've never i've been on one once but it was a long time ago it's a memory i'm not fond of but it was all inclusive and i think we paid we paid over a grand for that experience i mean yeah. you know it was like four days or something like that but even two days of like food beverage like sleep education connection people fun comedy i love comedy i can't wait can i can i be a comedian oh, sure <laughs> Sure. Please, I, I, at this point, I don't like it's free flowing. You do whatever you want. Curate your own experience. Like the, the interesting part to me was the amount of like, so this is, but this has been my sales tactic and I'm not, you know me, I'm not good at sales. So how do I, how does Aram sell tickets? Aram DMs 500 people a week, literally. Like I think I thought Instagram was going to shut me down because every time I see that somebody shares one of my posts, I go to their page, I see if they're a coach. And then if I see if they're not following me or following me, I'll say, Hey, thanks for sharing my post. Have you heard about the summit? Are you going to come? And I was just having conversation after conversation and the amount of people that told me, no, I can't afford this, or this isn't in my budget. And then I look at their page, multiple photo shoots, brand new fucking clothes, brand new shoes, a $30,000 business coach that isn't doing shit for them. And then them sitting on their car, and I immediately know that that's the reason our industry isn't doing well, because a majority of the people that had to cite money as being an issue for coming to this event are the same people who will not be in this industry in the next two to three years. Yeah. Yeah. And I won't even get started about business mentors because I've had them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a great experience. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, yeah. Spend that money going to events and networking with people who are actually in in coaching and do coaching stuff <laughs> in the coaching, right. you know, people that have practical skills, applicable skills, <laughs> you know, just throwing that out there. Like, again, sometimes you, you, would, you would mistakes. think you would think that that would be like the first thing you think about, like, why is this 27 year old kid who's sitting on a Porsche teaching me how to do business when he's never left his parents out? Oh, my favorite is the people that would teach you how to grow your Instagram following that have like 2000 followers. <laughs> I can get your account to 100,000. Why don't you have 100,000? And let's say we got you to 100 grand. Let's say you did have 100,000 followers. What would actually change? All of a sudden, would your inbound leads go up by 100%? Would you have all all these new... Would you even know how to service any of that business? Do you have the skill set to solve all these new problems that are going to be stepping up onto your doorstep? So everybody's trying to like grow and scale to this massive amount because that's what everybody else seemingly is doing. And they're forgetting the people on their own front lawn. They're forgetting the people that have already paid them money that aren't getting the results that they want, that don't have the support that they need, that don't have the systems in place to feel that level of coaching that they need to feel. So it's like, go and learn from people who are boots on the ground, who don't have a massive following, who aren't doing this for clout. And that's the type of people that are in these rooms. Yeah. And I will say, like, I really love that you said that because like I said, I do a lot of psychology and coaching and behavior stuff. Obviously I'm getting my clinical psych degree, but there are so many like intricacies of helping people and serving them. 
And I spend 99% of my time on calls with my clients because we do a lot of video conversations. I can't tell you how much more rewarding that is and how many referrals you'll get. You don't need a following. It's not going to bring you what you think it's going to bring you. Like even as the numbers go up, that doesn't mean that there are people that are aligned with you that are ever going to buy from you that are invested in your business or want your solutions. Like just having followers for the sake of having followers. I'll tell you transparently, the wealthiest people that I know in the industry do not have large followings point blank period. Like they're not out here trying to grow an audience. They're out here trying to service people and like help them survive. And I think that's just like fucking great. Um, I met a kid at raised the bar last year in Dallas. I, I don't even think he had a thousand followers. He was 32 years old. He had a brick and mortar business in Westchester, New York. He was doing three or 400 K of revenue a year. He owned three homes and he'd be running, he's running his business on his 10th year. Nobody's ever heard of him. Nobody knows who he is. One of the most wildly successful trainers in Westchester County. And you'd never hear about him. Sit next to me at, at, at one of the, at one of the speeches. And I was just starting to pick his brain. Like we just hit it off. He was like a bro from New York. And he started giving me numbers and I'm like, this kid know, is eight years younger than I am. He knows more about my money and finances and how to handle his business and how to run his business than I'll ever know because he's been doing it for 10 years. And these are the types of people that you meet, not these like dick bag 150,000 plus influencers online who have a bunch of affiliate codes to sell you, you know, who are running their business out of mommy and daddy's basement and they're waiting for their next Porsche car rental to stand in front of. Like these are real people that are doing real work. And that was kind of the purpose of the virtual summit was to just put a lot of people on the map who aren't on the map yet. Because at some point, if more people like you and I start advocating and bringing other people up with us as we start going up, then that's how this industry gets better. And that's how our clients will actually start to trust us as opposed to being burned by XYZ coaching factory that's got 85 assistant coaches. And the second that you sign up, you're just another number for them. So, you know, I feel like what I'm doing is I'm trying to get other coaches to start making more money because we're actually going to have a credible field that people are going to be trusting us for as opposed to, yeah. Oh, I can't, I'm not going to hire a coach because the last five that I hired burned me. Well, and stop hiring coaches see. that are mills. Yes. And a lot of coaching programs are like run of the mill. Like it's, it's really sad to see how cookie cutter everything is when you have clients coming in that are promised customized coaching and they don't get it at all. Um, and I also really, I want to be kind. I want to be kind. <laughs> so like, regulate yourself. Yeah. No, I just, it's, it's just so fucking true. Like, and I think one thing that I'm really enjoying about the space and I, I do think you've done an incredible job. Like I know you share my content when I make good content, you'll like put it up there, but I do that. And I also love one of the leading people I think that started doing that, or he's always done it is Andrew Coates. Again, he's got a big following like relative to most people, but he will repost other people's content. He'll share their content. He'll talk about them. He'll connect them with people. Like he's just a genuinely good person. And the other thing that I really am starting to see that I like is if I get a client, like an inquiry that's coming to me and I know like with the services that I provide, it's not a good fit for them. I will gladly refer them out to somebody who's a better fit. And I think a lot of coaches feel like there's this competitive space that we're in, but I'm always focused on who's going to help this client get to their goals. And if I'm not the best fit, because I'm well aware of my limitations or like what my coaching scope of practice looks like, like I know that they're not a good fit for me. I can refer them out to the other connections that I have in the industry that are going to help them achieve those goals. Like I hope, my hope with what you're doing, with what I'm doing, with how we collaborate together and other coaches coming in and like elevating them too, is that we get out of this idea that there's not enough to go around. There are millions of people that need help. You don't need a million fucking clients. You don't need a million fucking followers. Like, you know, you need to focus on providing a high quality service that gives them long-term outcomes. And I think that if we can change this competitive idea to focusing on, can we get the obesity epidemic under control? Can we get people to learn how to have a, have a, have a healthy and sustainable lifestyle? we're not competing with one another. There's plenty of people that need help. Like, so the idea of that is just stupid on its face. And it just drives me absolutely nuts when people do that or coaches poaching clients. It's like, that's so 2017. Like, why are we doing that in 2024? Like, can it stop? And go right ahead and, and like, I, you know, people are always like, oh, you don't ever watermark any of your content and people are going to steal it. I'm like, people could steal all of the ideas in the world that I possibly can have. At the end of the day, I'm not going to be replaced because there's only one of me. There's only one Kate. There's only one Andrew Coates. There's only one Jimmy Hallinan. Like, 
we are individuals that are usually saying the same thing with different verbiage and with different life experiences behind us. Like at the end of the day, you know, like you probably are one of the smartest coaches when it comes to tactical application of training and nutrition, and you never talk about it because you understand that Mrs. Jones, who's 45 pounds overweight, who's tried every diet in the world, who's miserable, doesn't need another macro coach and doesn't need another set of training protocols. She needs to dig deep and dive into why the fuck she hasn't made this work for 45 years. And that's not, that's, that's, that's psychology based. That's not, it's got nothing to do with reps and sets. It's got nothing to do with proteins and carbs. And I think that's why, and I had to learn that the hard way. So for any coaches that are listening to this, cause I know a lot of coaches follow me and a lot of them work with me. Yes. You need the hard tactical skills. You need the understanding of metabolism. You need the understanding of strength and hypertrophy. You need the understanding of adaptation. You need all that shit. You need to know it. That you don't need to lecture people on it. And so once, like my presentation last year was really about building client connections and bridging the gap between psychology and physiology to help them transform. Because they don't care about your lecture. They don't care about your scientific terms. They don't care about any of that shit, right? They care about feeling seen, heard, and understood. And then knowing that you are the person that's going to help them get to where they want to go, not giving them a handout. Because here's the other thing. People don't want you to tell them what to do. The best thing to do is get somebody to think through what they need to do and you co-support that thought process because now they've come up with it. They're more engaged with it. It's a great idea for them. And you just co-supported that whole thing coming to fruition. Like that's what drives long-term great relationships, great foundations and long-term success. And if I knew that earlier in my coaching career, I would have stopped worrying about what Lane Norton was saying and started saying what I needed to say a long time ago. Right. But I think a lot of new coaches get into that of like, oh my God, the smart scientific PhD is like talking about all this stuff. I need to use this language. I remember one time, this is a funny story, Jordan Syatt and I were talking and he was like, why do you always sound so fucking intelligent when you talk? And I was like, I'm just talking about, I use the word consume in a video and we went out to eat one time and I, and I said the word consume. And he's like, you really do fucking say that in real life. He's like, you need to work on this. He's like, you can't talk to people that way. But I had to work on that. Like, these are skills that I'm telling you guys, it's not yeah. always easy. You have to learn how to meet your client where they're at. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you, your well, credentials, that- your PhD, your whatever, MD, your whole thing. It's about them. And if you can make your focus them, you will be successful. Like, point blank. And that's period. what I think Jordan's done a good job at. You know, it's like... You look at Jordan, he's a tiny little guy with a massive personality. Like if you saw him on the street, you'd be like, this kid's a fitness coach. Like he couldn't, you know, push his way up out of a paper bag, but he's one of the strongest pound for pound people in the history of West Side Barbell. But the way that he speaks about the things that he speaks about is so easy to understand and practical that a third grader could look at his content and be like, oh, I should eat more apples or I should eat more fruit, or I should eat more protein, or I should lift more weights. Like it's, it's just so easy. And that's the only thing that our clients are missing. They don't need the nuances of GLUT4 receptors and GLP-1 agonist drugs and what they do to the body. They need to understand that without any semblance of consistency, they will never get the results that they want. And why are they not consistent? They're not consistent because of limiting beliefs and, and narratives that they've built for themselves. And that's got nothing to do with nutrition and training. Like I've always told people, I can teach you everything there is to know that you'll need about nutrition and training in a week. Like I'll do three Zoom calls with you, three hours over the course of a week. We'll cover nutrition over two Zoom calls. We'll cover training over one. And you will need, you will have everything you'll ever need to know about it. That's it. But how are you going to put that into play when you're overwhelmed, when you're stressed, when your kid is sick, when your dog's going to the vet, when you and your husband are in a fight and when you get fired from work? That's the stuff that people are missing. And that's why... The soft skills of coaching have to be almost become the hard skills of coaching because that's what people need more of. Yes. And I do think just based on what you said, one really important thing to note is if you're sitting there talking about like GLP-1 receptors or antagonists, you're talking to coaches or you're talking to educators, you're not talking to people, right? So understanding who would be looking at that content, like I don't think any normal person who's looking at Wagovia or Ozempic, they're probably looking at weight loss injections. That's what they're searching for. They're not searching for GLP-1 antagonist receptor to help me lose weight. <laughs> like, you know, so you have to know that the content that you even create, you're great at this. You are so good at this. I love your content. I think you do an amazing job. But you always talk to what is the person that I want to connect with thinking. 
like that, if I could reverse engineer, and I don't know if you even think about that when you're making content, I think you sit on the toilet and think of all your thoughts, but it's, um, it's so, it's fascinating to see how well you do this and you do it very well. Like Jordan does the same thing. Like you guys are so good at connecting with who's on the other side of the screen, taking a shit right now, scrolling through their phone, who needs to read that message. And it's like, you just, again, everything you do. Yes, we say a lot of the similar things, but it's like your personality and your way of saying it is different than mine, which is different than Jordan's, which is different than Andrew's. And so it's like, even people with the idea, because I get people that will come to me and be like, oh my God, did you see this coach made the same reel or made this thing? I'm like, I don't care. It's a good message. You you put that good message out there and I will always be 10 steps ahead of you because if you're taking my content, I'm already working on something new. So it doesn't, I don't know, the whole, again, competition thing. I've just removed myself from the concept of comp competition and I think that's just made everything a lot better. Um, so I think, again, you, you're doing really well with that. But tell me, as it's getting closer, now we're we're only like what, six weeks six, away? A little under six weeks, yeah, like thirty nine days to be precise. Not like I'm counting though. <laughs> How are you feeling? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Good. Where are you? I, I so like last year, I stopped sleeping in like November. Um, mm -hmm. Like I was waking up at like one o'clock every morning to pee, and then I just wouldn't be able to go back to bed because my mind was racing. Uh, I think the twenty five milligram THC pills that I'm taking every night are helping. So that's I also, if you've not gone, I have not yet gone out with a rom. I, I was supposed to last year, and I get really uptight. I'm kind of type A with my presentation, so I was real nervous, and I was like, okay, "Well, this I can't year you don't have to present." <laughs> I know, I know. Unless I decide to do comedy, but I'll be drunk first. Anyways, um, yeah. So yeah, THC, so a rom's a good time. <laughs> that's what much you much less nerve wracking. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. sell it out. I, say, I feel like they probably set aside a lot of ad spend for that, I would assume. Like cuz it's hard to I do that. But again, know. like understanding consumer consumer behavior. Like your last minute tickets will come like starting next month. Like you'll just get people booking. Like whenever we run events, it's always like the last 4 weeks. It's like, okay, now everyone's really? buying tickets and Oh yeah. So everybody that I've talked to that runs events, it's always last minute cuz people if it's not in the immediate future, it's like we're really bad at evaluating consequences of short-term decisions. 
Yeah, right? And so it's like, whether true. you do or you don't do something immediately, it's like, I can push it off till tomorrow. I can push it off till tomorrow. And then it's like, oh shit, it's a week away. I should probably do that if I want to go. Like, that's how people are. They're not proactive. They're reactive. And just understanding yeah. that about human behavior will probably help you drop some, some stress. Because if there are some seats, anybody listening to this, you need to get it. I'll be there. Aram will be there. It will be fun. Like, it will be entertaining. Andrew will be there. It will be entertaining. <laughs> Andrew will be there. Yes, he did message me and was like, are you going to come? And I was like, yeah, I'll be there. Um, so yeah, it will be really fun. Now, last question. Um, I'm going to leave you with is after last year's event, what are things that you've either learned, things that you've changed your mind on, um, or things that you've implemented from just the experience that you curated and put together? So what I've, what I've learned that I kind of had to unlearn from prior belief systems is, um, kind of like my dogmatic view on reverse dieting. So I used to always be this massive proponent of like, we got to get people aren't losing fat because they're eating too little. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's just not the case. People are eating. <laughs> I'm so sorry you believe that. Who hurt you? I believe that. I mean, I, it was almost like drilled into my head because reverse dieting got like so hot and so popular. And I'm like, this is such an interesting narrative. Like this actually, I mean, when you actually deconstruct what reverse dieting is, it's it, you're actually giving people more food volume and more micronutrition and just more food for less calories. So it's not like they're eating more calories. They're just eating more physical amounts of food. And that's why they end up being fuller. Calorically, they're actually lower than they were before because they're eating less shit, and less processed garbage that doesn't have any value to it. So I had to like completely like rethink my idea of like, well, Susan's not losing weight because she's eating too little. It's like, no, energy balance is still real. Thermodynamics are real. Hormones are not as broken as you think they are. Not everybody's got a gut problem. Um, most of the time it's just a compliance issue. So it all comes back down to psychology. Like how do, how, after watching your presentation, after watching Christy Campbell's presentation last year and a lot of other people's, I'm like, I, I, I know all the technical stuff. What I don't know and what I don't emphasize in my own coaching practice is the soft stuff. And that's what I started to do a lot of this past year. And my retention has gone to through the roof like at this point like i either lose a client in the first month or i have them for years like there's no in between anymore like i have people that like will leave for like a month or two just to like you know take a break or like kick up their finances again and then within the next month they're like i'm coming back because they miss that accountability and they miss those conversations and it has nothing to do with like the like the workouts and all the other stuff like that's easy so that was one thing and then the other thing is that i learned last year that i didn't really have implemented into my business was just having a variety of product offerings or services rather, as opposed to just having like one thing to give people like have pricing tiers and have different ways for people to either find you or be able to work with you as opposed to like, I'm just a one-on-one -on -one coach. Well, yeah, but like, what about the person who can't afford 500 bucks a month or, or need something at like that $99 a month price point. So that was an interesting integration that I haven't even quite really dove into yet, but I'm on the cusp uh, and then just, um, it, it's made me much more laser focused about who I want to surround myself with. Like I, 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 you figure out who seems like they're in it for you or for the greater good or versus if they're just doing that as a facade. And I, I saw some people's true colors last year and, uh, I just won't align myself with those types of people anymore. Like I, I just don't care enough to be liked and to be like, around people that want to be liked and need to be on stage versus who can just like lose themselves in the crowd and they're absolutely fine with it. And those are the people that I really am just going to keep trying to be around more and more. And that's, that's been the, the kind of the three things that I took out of last year's event. Yeah. Quality over quantity for sure. And I'm glad that you yes. touched on menopause because the only people that were mad about my menopause post are all the functional coaches out there that are like, no, it's hormones. I'm like, do you understand how hormones work? Like, <laughs> uh anyways people, I, uh, I i even i got shit for that i got shit for your post really like i i had some woman who like dm she's got like four followers and she's it's got like functional everything in her thing and yeah. she's like well this girl has no idea what is she 20 what does she know like what does she know i don't know a decade worth of experience and probably some of the most deepest knowledge of 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 bio biology and physiology that i've ever seen on anybody so she knows plenty but she doesn't ever it's not that she's saying that hormones don't matter. She's just saying, well, also consider these factors as well in conjunction with hormone dysfunction. 
Yes. Like I'm not, it's so funny because literally everybody that gave me shit, I'm like, did you read the caption? I talked no, about of course not. hormones. No. I talked about functional medicine. I talked about all that shit. I'm like, but you're but mad. But nobody reads I the also... caption. Yeah. Well, that's your fucking, it's like people that don't read contracts. I'm like, you, you signed it. Like right. you want to leave a comment under my fucking caption, read my caption before you leave a comment. Otherwise keep your, keep your thoughts to yourself. Like I didn't say anything oh. wrong. I'll stand behind that post. I should boost no. it. And it was, it real was... pissed at me. It was so good and I sent it to, I posted it in my Facebook group for my clients and I said, guys, not that you need, not that I need to be validated, but here's another person who's also happens to be a woman. She's not in menopause. She will be there sooner than later. Sorry. Excuse me. You will be. Excuse me. I mean, I'm only 20 according to that twat. So I'm going to go with 20. That's at least the best compliment she gave me. (laughs) I mean, fine. Within the next 15 years, you're going to be in menopause. Is that fair? That's so sad. No, 20. Well, let, okay. 30. Real age. Not not mental age, but real age. Yeah, 20 years. So, I'm only 30. Yeah, so, so within, within... That's when I'll so, hit menopause. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, well, who knows? You might even hit it earlier because you did have a diet against it. <laughs> You're like betting on this now. <laughs> I can't wait to text you when I'm... We're, we're fucking old. 15 years from now, I'll be like, bitch, I started menopause. <laughs> if I'm still alive in 15 years, please do text me. Because you I will not, be. So. You can't die. No, now. I mean, listen. I, it's you know, you, you live fast, you die hard. That's what happens. But I'm okay with it. Well, around. Um, and this has been fun. And leave you, whatever notes you're gonna have. Yeah. Whoever is listening to this, who's friends with Kate and has her number, text her and tell her that you don't want her to coach you anymore unless she goes out on Tuesday night after the event. <laughs> so all my clients are gonna text I, me. I want your out. business to crumble if you don't come out on tuesday night and you better be ready to get on stage and sing at least one song at the live band karaoke do they have auto-tune no but they have an entire band backing you up so you can basically just stand on stage and move around a little bit and and make it sound like you're singing because they can just turn the instrumentals up and drown out your voice or lack thereof only if you do it with me fine you know i have no problem with that would you like would you like me to be clothed or unclothed We'll make it entertaining. We'll make it both okay. music and entertainment. Yes. So clients of Kate, if you're listening, tell her that you will stop payment on Wednesday, March 13th, unless you, they see footage of you singing on Tuesday, March 12th. Okay. Well, now I have to. I'll do it for my team. I always <laughs> do anything for my team. So if you guys really do message me that, I guess I'll have to get on stage and, and show off my really terrible singing skills. <laughs> Yes. A couple martinis before and we'll be, we'll be good. We'll be good. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Aram, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate you, your wisdom, your passion. Um, you're a sponge for knowledge and you're overall just a fucking incredible person. So thank you for not only leading a positive voice and a direction for the industry, but being an incredible friend. So everybody, if you don't follow Aram already, follow him. If you haven't bought your ticket to the event, go to the event. You'll see me dance and sing on stage. Apparently (laughs) it'll be worth the ticket just for that. Okay. (laughs) I would pay just to see that. (laughs) All right, Rob, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks, Kate.